is improving learning with technology. Today we're going to learn how to create an interactive multimedia storybook using Microsoft PowerPoint. Uh, this can be a great activity for pretty much all ages. It can be used to create a story from scratch. It can be used to retell a story that a child has written or heard, read. Uh, it can be used uh, sort of as a way to determine a child's own understanding of a, of a story or it can be used to sort of as a project to create some interactive multimedia for some younger grades in your school. To start off with we open up PowerPoint. Now when I work with kids in PowerPoint they always want to work with the backgrounds and the colors and the uh, pictures, clip art, that type of thing. They want to do that right away and I usually hesitate uh, in letting them do that. Uh, what I recommend the students do first in this project is take a story that they've written already or perhaps a story that they've all read or some of them have read and break it down into key events in the story. Uh, have them write it in a text editor, Microsoft Word, uh, whatever and have them put it into sort of small bite-sized chunks that represent sort of key events or elements of the story. What we're going to do is transfer uh, those key elements onto different slides on in PowerPoint. For the main text areas of the story after your title, what I usually get students to do when they create a new slide is to create a blank slide and instead use the text box feature and somewhere sometimes in the bottom have them copy and paste their text um, again we can adjust the size uh, later but you get the idea so have them copy and paste elements of their story on each slide and breaking it down from a large story into small bite-sized chunks for your first story I would recommend you don't go over 10 slides. It's a real challenge to tell an entire story in sort of 10 key events. Um, actually pretty challenging even for me. If you don't like the idea of creating new slides each time and making new text box one quicker way can be after you have a particular slide you can insert a duplicate slide. makes a duplicate slide and then you can simply just highlight your text and uh, paste it with your new text and your text box is already there in the same spot. Uh, that is if you want to keep your text in the same location uh, on each screen. Once all the slides have all the text in them, have the students, if you're in a lab setting or a classroom with laptops, have the kids move around to a different computer and have them uh, peer edit a, another uh, groups or individuals uh, writing to make sure it makes sense and to make sure that the spelling and punctuation and grammar are all correct. Before we go any further what I would do is brainstorm in a whole class setting what the criteria should be for your PowerPoint stories. Uh, and the kids, you'd be amazed when you have a whole group of kids how many great criteria they would come up with. I would have them do a bit of brainstorming on their own and then in, 
groups of two. And once you go from groups of two, then have everyone together brainstorm their ideas. The reason I like to go in groups of two to, uh, before the full group setting is that it gives everybody a chance to talk. And as you know, we all learn through language. And uh, the more people have a chance to talk and, and be active in their learning, the more they'll pay attention. And the more that those criteria you generate will be meaningful to them. So you're going to list and just brainstorm either on a whiteboard or you know um, on a piece of chart paper or you know if you're lucky enough to have a computer handy with a digital projector something that the whole class can see brainstorm your list take down everyone's ideas um, you're gonna have a huge list of criteria you know somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 15 to 20 different criteria what you'll start to notice and I encourage you to do this afterward is ask the students if they see any particular categories for example you know if they say something that the language is descriptive and the um, you know they use a lot of similes or they use a lot of dialogue maybe you could group that into a category called content in other words uh, it may not be a lot different from your um, traditional stories that you may have students write on paper of course there may be other elements that you want to add pertaining to PowerPoint such as use of animation, use of color, use of you know that the pictures match the text, this type of thing. So generate your story uh, criteria and then whittle it down to four, five tops uh, criteria, sort of main group of uh, criteria that you can work with. You may even want to turn those criteria into a rubric and my favorite tool online for that is Rubistar. That's rubistar.4teachers.org. So rubistar.4teachers.org. It's free and they have a lot of, the thing I like most about Rubistar rubrics is that they have a lot of um, sort of sample criteria that you can work with. Here's one for organization. Uh, and what you can do is click on, for example, organization of your story and then you can tweak the wording to suit your needs. You can also tweak the category names. In this case it's 4321. You may have different criteria that may even relate to your report card. Um, and I encourage you to kind of use the similar language that the students are used to or that your school or jurisdiction is using. Anyhow, it's very quick and easy to create a very detailed rubric that the kids can use and draw from. And I'd recommend that they know the criteria they're going to be marked on before they get started. The next step back in PowerPoint is to create a setting or a background uh, image for each of your slides. Um, not all the main characters and actions that are going on, but the background setting actually focuses kids really nicely on the particular setting and gets them to make connections between the text they have on their paper and the particular setting they'd like to create. Uh, there are a number of ways to create the setting. Uh, one way to create the setting is just by using, by right-clicking and choosing background. It can be done with a um, solid color background or it can be, you know, if you want to kind of get fancy, there are, are ways to um, do gradients or textures or even pictures if that be the case. So that's one way. Another way 
to create a background is by using some of your drawing tools here. Uh, rectangle is good for, uh, for example, if I wanted to create a classroom that had uh, sort of light orange walls. Notice that I've, when I've done this, uh, I've over, come over top of my words. I'm going to right click on that and go to the order and send to the back. So now we have sort of layers almost in three dimensions that we can start working with. If you want your students to draw sort of the furniture or um, props in their story using the drawing tools, uh, one way I've created this little chair for the desk uh, using the rectangle tools and the fill tool, what you can do is have them click on one piece, hold down the control key, you notice that the uh, mouse now turns into a little arrow with a plus on it, and then have them click all the additional pieces to kind of make all the pieces together selected. Right click inside one of those pieces and go to grouping and then group. Now this chair is one item. And even though this chair is in front of my desk, I can, uh, after I group my other item in here, which in this case is the um, desk, I can arrange it such that right click and I can go order and send backwards so now no matter what my my desk goes my chair goes what appears to go sort of inside that desk which is what I want animating scenes can be kinda hard uh, especially for kids who haven't done it before if you check out a previous episode on tilt it goes right into all kinds of different animation techniques you can use with uh, you can learn with Microsoft PowerPoint um, I'm just going to use the built-in custom animation uh, features um, I've grouped together all my different characters and um, I'm just going to have them move and my main way to get things around is to have entrance effects for when you want to see something appear on the screen and then exit effects for when you want it to disappear so in this scene I'm going to have this character, I'm going to have Joey move across here. Uh, you won't be able to see this Joey sitting yet because I won't have an entrance effect on it yet. I'm going to have a move over to the desk, move down and then this Joey will disappear and this Joey will appear through an entrance effect and then I'll have him basically sit down and slide his chair in. So planning out those types of animations is also important. Remember um, while it does add a neat multimedia element it does take a lot of time so you know I wouldn't encourage your students to do a tremendous amount unless they're either very skilled or they have you know a lot of extra time if they finished other work. Uh, speaking of time, there's never enough time to do these kinds of activities in our biz with our busy and full curriculum. So you know integrating as many subject areas as possible in this case, language arts, um, if you have a separate uh, technology curriculum, which you know I always recommend be integrated with other subject areas anyways. Uh, language arts, in this case art. Um, so there are a number of subjects that can be brought in together to kind of build in some of that time that's needed. So uh, long story short, don't spend too much time on the animations, although it does, having things move on the screen does have a neat sort of uh, effect for your multimedia storybook. Once you've animated your screens and uh, added the drawings and settings and characters, uh, and it doesn't have to be as fancy as this, and I've only done one. It's taken me a little while. Uh, I'll put this up on the TIL website, this sample PowerPoint, if anybody 
sort of needs to use this slide as an example of how I did the animations you're certainly welcome to email me as well if you have any questions about this but basically you get the gist of it um, you know in this scene Joey comes into the class sits down slides into his or her chair and here we have the uh, dinosaur kind of dancing in his mind so after you've done that uh, the final element that can really add to this multimedia experience is voice narration and the way to do that is through the slideshow menu. There is a uh, piece called Record Narration. And what it'll do is, I'm not going to do it now because it could mess up with my screen recording, but, um, and I encourage you to sort of check your microphone level uh, beforehand and sort of get that um, all sort of done in advance. But this is very easy. It allows the user to, as they click, the, the slide transitions will happen only when the user is clicking. So it allows you to do multiple takes. You can change the narration for individual slides if you want. If you're not sure how to do that, I bet your students can figure it out. Um, there's a challenge for them. You know, you really do have the ability to be very creative with this if you have the time and expertise. For example, if you had a little, you know, mock TV screen here, you could actually insert uh, insert a movie file. If you had taken something with a digital video camera, you could insert that right into your PowerPoint slide and have that play as part of your animation uh, and, and part of your multimedia elements. You can insert uh, sound files as well. Um, and there are all kinds of sound effects from websites such as SoundDogs.com, and there are others as well. There are all kinds of sound effects you can put in here and really get uh, ultra creative and, and use as many different forms of media that uh, you can think of if that be the case. So good luck, do some creating, and thanks for watching.